Andersons PhD podcast. Anecdotes from 2000 days of researching, learning and teaching. My name is Jesper Andersen, and from January 2020, I'll be enrolled at the doctoral program at the Department of Architecture, Design and Media Technology, Aalborg University. I will be doing my PhD researching music and technology with three articles related to cochlear implant, distance learning and 3D audio. And for me, it will be a part-time job for five years while I will stay in my current position as associate professor and head of Tonemeister program at the Royal Danish Academy of Music. With this podcast, I want to give an informal look into the life of a PhD fellow, sharing thoughts, surprises, concerns and research findings on the way. Thanks for listening. So hello everyone and welcome to episode number 8 of Anderson's PhD podcast. It's now uh, Sunday 29th of March 2020 in the afternoon uh, and I would like to take some time to do an episode actually not specifically about my PhD project but rather an episode w- with general tips and tricks and opinions on video conferencing and uh, synchronous distance learning. Because uh, in these days, right now, we are in a pretty special time where a lot of people are moving on to, uh, because they're isolated, basically, they have to do teaching and even sometimes performing uh, uh, using uh, online tools. Uh, and since distance learning is also a part of my PhD project, and since I've had quite a lot of experience in this area, I would really like to take some time and uh, and uh, share some of my, my thoughts and experiences with this. And I would like to split this uh, talk off, first of all, just to have a little general talk about what is actually possible and how does uh, video conferencing work. And then moving on to etiquette of uh, video conferencing. And then in the end to go into some more technical things about networks and uh, audio and uh, video or sound and picture, as you may say. But first of all, the first question that always arises when we talk about uh, uh, video conferencing in terms of music teaching is that people would really like to be able to play together at the same time, play with each other. And you can even imagine a, a student and a teacher playing together or maybe even having this big dream of everyone logging into one global jam session where we can all play together. And I'm quite sorry to be able to say that this is really not possible for home users, for home internet users. And it's not something that is around the corner, it's actually something that if if we talk in a global perspective will never really be uh, possible for normal music uh, performance. And this is because of the distances on the planet where we're living is actually quite large even compared to something like the speed of light. And if you imagine that we have to transmit a signal through a cable and it can go as fast as the speed of light, it it will or at least almost at that speed. And uh, if we calculate the speed of light, for for instance, from here in Copenhagen to New York, the speed of light will take about 23 milliseconds to arrive in New York, uh, here from Copenhagen. And that distance is actually 23 milliseconds. That is just around what we will be able to perceive as a delay in a connection. And some musicians that play together with this speed, they will do fine. But if they know each other really well and they have to play rhythmically, uh, rhythmically really precise, this is around the time delay where they will actually start feeling a little bit of lag. 
and from Copenhagen to New York is not the longest distance you can find on the planet. So um, so imagine connecting from from Europe to Australia, for instance, will give a delay that is so big that you cannot really play together. And this is if we even had one long cable, if we could have that one long fiber. But but in the end, you will have to to uh, to also to calculate a little bit of processing time in computers, and also the network will probably have to have some sort of network hub to to connect to each other. So so basically, this is is not really possible. There is uh, one at least one uh, special system called LOLA, which stands for Low Latency, that is developed at the Music Conservatory in Trieste in Italy, and that system is probably the only one right now that will allow almost synchronous performance together but we can, can get down if we're on the same continent the system is so fast that we can actually get down to these uh, latencies where you are just about uh, actually able to play together but they demand a very very special dedicated network for this that research and educational institutions are able to use because you should basically have something like a one gigabit upload at the same time as a one gigabit download and you are not able to run this through a firewall. And also, if you use a commercial network, you'll have so many... Uh, the, the, the route for the signal will be so complicated that this will actually not work. So so this is only for, for, for how can you say, special, special users. But there are other dedicated hardware systems for video conferencing like Polycom and Cisco and other systems that some conference centers and, co- and companies also buy that can actually give a, a quite good uh, quality of, of the connection, something that could probably be similar to what you would know from a, from a, a television a television uh, broadcast. But again, these systems are expensive, and even though they uh, you, you could install them, they will be pretty tricky to install and configure for a home network, but it would be possible. But still, for a system like this, you are not able to, to actually play together. Then I would say that, that moving on to the next ones, we now have accepted that we're not able to play together. Sorry, this is a really p- pessimist <laughs> podcast today. Uh, so we have now established that we're not able to play together and also that the the higher order or higher grade professional systems like Polycom and Tanberg and Cisco are not usually within the reach of, of a home user. So now we have to move on to all of these systems that uh, I'm sure all of you know, like Skype, FaceTime, Teams, Google Meet, uh, Adobe Connect, Big Blue Button, Zoom, and other systems. And I will say in general, uh, Zoom is the only one of these systems that is, is sort of, uh, to my knowledge, that actually has an advantage to the others because Zoom will allow you to, to tweak the audio settings in the system. Uh, so I would just like to point that out that uh, you can imagine for a video conference that that uh, the system will have to do some processing to the sound in order to compress it so it can run over the network and it will have to do some some gain if the signal is not loud enough and also do some echo cancellation so you don't have a build up of background noise and echoes in the call. And specifically, the system Zoom has some possibilities where you can tweak these settings so you can actually obtain a better sound. Because all other systems, the sound is, is optimized and automated to be optimized for speech and not for music. And those two are very different types of sounds. So Zoom is special. But if you look at the other systems, Skype, FaceTime, Adobe Connect, Teams, Google Meet, and Big Blue Button, and Blue Jeans, I'm sure I forget some of them, there are many of these. 
in general, the quality is pretty comparable. Maybe some system is a little bit better than the other, but the really, really big difference to these is the quality of the network you're using. So that means that maybe you have a feeling that FaceTime is the best system. Well, on a very good network, Skype is definitely better than FaceTime on a bad network and so on. So so I would say the general tip for you is not so much to choose between one of these and, and know which one is best. The best tip to have a good connection, uh, to, to have a, a good uh, quality is to have a good and strong connection. In general, a, a Wi-Fi, a good Wi-Fi network can work, but uh, I would highly recommend that you use a cabled network for a connection like this because it will give a more stable connection. You can also imagine if you are in an office space or somewhere else where you have a Wi-Fi, maybe you're sharing it with someone else. Once other people start maybe a, a Netflix or a YouTube uh, stream or something like that, it will actually give extra load to the Wi-Fi and then your quality will go down. Uh, so uh, so the network is actually the the biggest factor in terms of the quality and then try to move to this to the zoom to uh, the zoom system if you google around or or, or take uh, some looks on youtube there are actually some quite nice tutorials to show you how to set up the the audio settings for uh, for zoom so that was the, was the overall all uh, sort of pessimist <laughs> approach to this, just to say that you actually cannot obtain that uh, you not play together. It's not possible to obtain a super broadcast television quality. But when all of that is said, these are actually some pretty good tools, and you can also, if you work carefully with with what you're doing, you can actually get a, a pretty high quality that is at least possible to to uh, work with. So one thing is, of course, the technical quality. I'll get back to that, but I'll just, first of all, start with a little bit of, of uh, pointers towards etiquette of video conferencing uh, and just give some advice. Maybe some of these are totally obvious to some of you, but maybe for some others, <laughs> they're good to consider. And the first really good advice I'll give is that you should actually always be prepared to start a video conferencing session a little bit ahead of time. If you meet up with people in person in an office space, you can show up. You, I would almost say that if people are there exactly on time, then everything is fantastic. We're sitting there at 12 as we have arranged and everyone are there on time. It is actually possible to rush in an office space maybe just at exactly the minute where you're starting and then it, it will be pretty okay. But this is usually not possible in a video conference. You should, oh, if you're familiar with the system uh, and you feel confident that your microphone and camera and network, everything is working, I would still say that you should be ready to connect maybe five minutes before just to make sure that everything is working. Also, when, when if you're connecting exactly at the specified time and then you'll have to deal with technical problems in the beginning, it can actually be really, really disturbing uh, to, to the setup. Uh, and, and also this disturbance is much more visible when you're in a an, an, an video conferencing situation. So start ahead of time and make sure that, that everything is working. Uh, then when you're in a meeting, it's very good to make sure that you are very clear in your communication because some other participants in a meeting or at a one-to-one -one session might sometimes have difficulties hearing very clearly what you're saying and also the the lack of, of access to, how can I say, to body language and also the way that we as human beings, we sense each other when we are communicating, when we're in the same room. All, a lot of this inf information is filtered out. So it's very good to be very clear 
clear in your communication. Uh, and you should not hesitate to ask, did everyone understand what I said? Because at least I have the, the sensation sometimes when I'm in a, in a video conferencing meeting that actually someone said something and I'm thinking, not everyone got this. But they're afraid to say because people also tend to be a little bit shy. So be very, very clear in your communication and say something and ask, Did everyone, does everyone know what, I'm, what I mean? And then be very good to, to actually to say, no, sorry, I didn't get it. This also, uh, I would say this is also a good recommendation in terms of if you have a problem, if someone has a technical problem. Uh, or if someone is making a lot of noise, like I, w- I was in a video conference a few days ago where one participant was actually typing very hard on the keyboard uh, that made a lot of noise for all of us. Uh, I think this person was actually maybe writing other <laughs> irrelevant emails or at least irrelevant to the meeting. And one thing is that this person was not really participating full. That might be okay, but at least it was. This was actually someone who was also disturbing the rest of the meeting. So, so it was very important for someone to tell this person, "Can you please uh, mute your microphone when you're not speaking?" Uh, so, besides being very clear and very precise in the communication, and and maybe even say something where if you're a little bit shy to do it. It can also be very good to consider that you should participate in meetings silently sometimes. And by this I mean that if, if someone says something and you want to show that you agree, then just give a thumbs up or nod your head. And in general, it is actually good to be aware that you activate your body language when you're in a, in a meeting. Because if someone is speaking to 10 people, at a meeting room when we're sitting together around a table you it's very natural that everyone gives a feedback just with the look in their eyes or something like that you can sense each other and the attitude and opinion on what you're saying but this is not so possible in a video conference so make sure to give feedback quite clearly but sometimes it's an advantage if you do this without saying something because if everyone has to say yes or I agree or good idea or comments like that or no, bad idea, I disagree, uh, then it can be actually quite disturbing because everyone sort of are holding and when waiting and speaking on, on top of each other. And then finally, in terms of this uh, video conferencing etiquette, I'll say that you should always be aware that video conferencing meetings are quite tiring. So this also actually takes some extra workload on the people that are moderating or, or sort of is, is a meeting leader to make sure that everyone knows, okay, we are meeting and we have to discuss these issues. And maybe even consider if there are two main topics of a meeting, maybe sometimes it's a good idea to split those up into two separate meetings. Uh, because uh, a lot of also some research shows that once a video conferencing meeting has been lasting for about 45 minutes, then everyone starts becoming really, really tired. So so make sure. So this is a, a, a final point in terms of etiquette for video conferencing meetings that, that you should especially be aware who is the leader of the meeting. That is very good that someone likes to take will take the lead and make sure everyone are heard and, and that the meeting is actually flowing as it should be. Uh, of course, if you know each other really, really well, there can be a natural flow to a meeting, but be aware that actually sometimes it takes a little bit more leadership to, to get through in, in a meeting. Uh, then I'll just go through really quickly some more some more technical comments here. And first of all, I think I'm not going to repeat this too much. I think I've said it enough already. That in terms of the network, it's very very important to make sure that you have a good good network. And the network quality is probably the biggest factor in the in the in the quality of the, the picture and audio that you are experiencing. Uh, 
So, so this also connects to my point about showing up early for a meeting and make sure that everything is working. This is not only for sound and video and software and browsers and so on, but also to make sure that you have access to the meeting. And, and if you are borrowing a network work from somewhere, if you're traveling, make sure that you have the passwords or if you're borrowing a cabled network make sure that you know how to actually get your laptop or whatever to take the network from the cabled network and so on so so it's it's a quite it's, it's sort of the information highway of what you're doing so so you need to be aware that this should work smooth uh, then when we come to audio the very very best and most important advice is for everyone to wear headphones always uh, because once you wear headphones, the system will have a much better chance of giving you a, a good quality of the of the connection. You can imagine that if everyone are using microphones and loudspeakers, that there will be a lot of echoing and a lot of leakage. Because if, if I'm sitting here locally with my microphone and loudspeakers, when someone else is talking, the sound of their talking will be picked up by my microphone. And then it will be sent back to everyone. So actually, uh, a video conference only with microphones and and, uh, loudspeakers and no headphones, a video conference like that would be one huge buildup of echoes from everywhere. And of course, that would be far too disturbing. And this means that video conferencing systems, they have an echo cancel function built in. Uh, that will all the time try to to remove these echoes from the sound, and it will this will some sometimes or a lot of times if there are many of them, it will cause a lot of really disturbing artifacts to the sound. Uh, you can imagine that if you are, are, do, are music teaching, for instance, if you have a student playing the violin that is playing a long and sustained note, and if the teacher is coughing. The, the sound of the cough will be sent out to the student's loudspeakers and actually picked up by the microphone and sent back to the teacher along with the violin sound, the sustained note. And then the system has to, out of a sustained note, to remove the cough. This is not really possible without affecting the sound of the violin also. So for everyone to wear headphones will be re- really, really good. And at least if you have to wear, a, a, or if you have to use a loudspeaker, then make sure that you try to keep the loudspeaker volume as low as possible. And if you have the possibility to have the, your loudspeakers not too close to your microphone, this will also help. I know that many times if you use loudspeakers and microphones, they're actually maybe located or, or installed in, the, in a laptop computer where you're not really able to, to remove uh, move them individually. Another very good advice is that you always mute your microphone when you're not talking. And this will also help all of these constant echoes building up and it will give a much much cleaner sound. And you can even sometimes use this as a function that is almost uh, the same as raising your hand when you're in the meeting, then you will unmute uh, your microphone. I must say that this is one of the really general advice for everyone, but I have myself had this very strange experience of, of being in a meeting with 10 people and when everyone mutes their microphone when I'm talking, then I'll just get a totally dead silence in my ears, which can actually be a little bit disturbing because we're used to also for a telephone, normal old-fashioned telephone call, that there's a little bit of a noise, which basically tells you that everyone are there. So once everything is totally dead silent, then it, it can actually sometimes be disturbing for me, but at least it's better than having a lot of echoes and a bad sound. So I think it's just something to get used to. Then I'll say that in terms of the distance to the microphone, it is very, very good to be very close 
to the microphone, especially for speaking. Like when I'm talking to you, to you now, uh, I'm basically touching the microphone with my with my lips when I'm speaking. So this will give a really nice and very close sound. And it also means that you don't really hear the ambience of the room. I mean, I'm in my living room, which is not a radio studio. So the sound here might not be really suitable for having a good and clear voice. So as close as possible to the microphone for speaking. But when you have to play, a lot of times you'll have to move away from the microphone. Uh, one thing is that, it, that uh, if you play a very loud instrument, maybe the microphone will overload if you're playing too close to it. Uh, and another thing is also that some instruments actually don't sound very good, or most in classical instruments especially don't sound very good and very natural if you're close, so you have to step a little bit away. So it's good to to make sure that you have a, a, a little bit of a sound check. Uh, this is usually something you only have to do once, and then you can just keep the setup. But but try to find out, the student and teacher together. Okay, how am I placed when I'm talking, and how am I placed when I'm I'm playing or singing? And this also leads into uh, to the point about uh, having a separate microphone and a separate camera, because maybe the perfect placement for the camera is not the same as the perfect placement for the microphone. So, of course, having just an, a handheld smartphone with built-in camera and microphone can make it pretty tricky for you to find a good placement for both of them. Because maybe where you have a good framing of the picture so the other person can see everything as preferred, maybe this is a really bad place for the microphone placement. And there are a lot of different uh, price ranges of microphones and cameras. You can can do a lot of things. And I'll say even pretty cheap microphones, maybe in the, like below 1000 corner so maybe around 100 euro range you can get really really good microphones uh, uh, which will be do really well for this and at least you can get a, at that price range a microphone where the quality is good and the next big step for for improving the sound will be to get a, a perfect placement it's not so much buying a much more expensive microphone of course they might sound even better but then we're getting into smaller details of the sound where the microphone placement will actually have a profound influence on on the quality of what you're doing then uh, i'm moving a little bit into to the final topic is to to give some short advice on the picture that you're sending uh, so one thing is of course to as i said before to have a really good view uh, of, of of what you want to do and and i think that usually for a meeting it's very nice to have something that looks like a television announcer where you can see your your face and your head pretty clear and then just your the, a little bit of the part of your upper body maybe from the middle of your over arms and up and it's actually really nice to be in a meeting if everyone are quite concerned to get the sort of a similar framing of the picture because then we see every everyone at the at the same size and the same framing and it seems like it actually helps the sensation of feeling that we're actually having some sort of of uh, telepresence together so again this position of the camera might not be the best position of the microphone so this is something you should consider uh, then it's very very important to have a good uh, to have good light conditions and uh, of course in a television studio you will have a huge light setup of professional lighting and normally you're not able to achieve this in a in a home situation but at least a, a very good good advice is to say that if there's a window in the room you should do your best to face the window so the light is coming in in front of you uh, so so you will face the light and the camera will not be facing the light because if if you're if the camera is facing the light 
and the light is behind you, then you will appear very, very dark. So that's the first advice. And the second advice is that it can actually also improve the picture quality a lot if you have just more, one, more than one light source. So the room I'm in right now, it has a re- very big window and the weather is beautiful and bright outside. So I imagine when as I'm facing the window now, the picture quality would be pretty nice just from my standard webcam. But if I could add more light here, and even have light from from multiple uh, angles, uh, it's also good because if you only have light coming from one side, then you will get some shadows in the face that can look a little bit. They can almost look a little bit creepy. But light from multiple angles can actually also help a lot. Uh, so uh, this was my really short uh, short general tips to this, and I would just round off by saying also a general advice is that. Uh, that is, it's very good practice that you familiarize yourself with the with the system that you're using because many uh, video conferencing systems have quite good options to uh, to, for instance, to share the screen if you want to show a document to the other end, or you can write a chat message, and you can some of them can record, and you can do a lot of things. And the functionalities are not so difficult, but it's it's actually quite uh, quite quite good when you have uh, ten minutes extra just to look around, so you're f- you familiar familiar. Oh, that's hard to say familiarize huh is that a word familiarize i think so you familiarize yourself with the system Uh, and in general i think that there are so many good video tutorials that can help you around find your way around the system so many times a youtube search is actually going to give you a better help than trying to refer to the user manual or or something like that of of, or the help of of a system yeah, so so that was it. That was my five dollars of of experience, and I would just round off by saying that uh, I'm sure that you can all have some really good experiences with the with the video conferencing, uh, and you can actually obtain a really high quality of what you're doing. But also, honestly, I'm not afraid to say that meeting up in real life is always better. There are very few cases where you can find an advantage to being uh, online. Um, Right now, everyone has to do it. It has these practical uh, practical advantages. And now, of course, if everyone are isolated, we have to do it. And I would also say that you can have some some advantages to the fact that a video conferencing system is is maybe embedded in in other administrative tools that you're using. Maybe office office spaces, and you have you have calendars and the project management tools there where video conference can be embedded into. This can be really really helpful. And for a, a teaching institution you have maybe a learning management system like Canvas or Moodle or another system like that and once video conferencing is embedded into the system then it will actually have have a lot of advantages because students have very easy access to different learning materials and calendars and exam plans and a lot of other things right there in the in the same system so there are advantages but uh, in general I would say that it is always always better to meet up in person and uh, I think that's a good final note and hope that everyone are, are healthy and staying well and doing great and looking very, very much forward to meeting everyone again, hopefully with, within not too many weeks and, uh, and actually be together and, and talk about all this video conferencing, but then in person. So thanks for listening and uh, yes, have a good day, everyone. Bye bye. For comments, questions and ideas, you can reach me at jesper.andersen at dkdm.dk. The music is by Homesick Hank. Check them out. Thanks for listening.